Hey folks, and welcome into a new edition of Coaches and Q. We're switching things up a little bit, as you can tell by myself doing the intro. We're over here in Smithville, Tennessee, near DeKalb County High School at the Lipstick Pig. This is a fairly new Join the Barbecue Circuit, as it's only been open since July 1st of 2021. What they might lack in history, however, they don't lack forward experience. They have a wide selection of barbecue to tickle your palate all across the Upper Cumberland. So I told you that we're switching things up a little bit, and uh, to show you why, I'm gonna let Scott, who's doing the filming, tell you what we're doing next. We're going inside, see what's smoking. Coach, you've been uh, you've been head coach of DeKalb County for 17 years now. You've got a little interesting uh, story about how uh, you you became uh, you became head coach here in DeKalb County. Uh, why don't you share that with us? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the people here, they, they probably heard this story. I've said it at the, the banquet a few times at the end of the year. But, um, you know, I played college baseball. I, I come in one weekend, and uh, my uncle, uh, he was a junior pro head football coach, and he asked me to go to a championship game with him. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything else. And I didn't even know he was coaching. And uh, he said, I'll give you a shirt. We'll get you in for free, and you can be the water boy. I was like, okay, sure, and uh, sure enough, they were. Uh, I'm pretty sure we were in Livingston. I think we were playing Livingston, and for the championship, and I just, you know, I loved it. I found myself talking to the kids and like, hey, do this, do that, and and he's seen that, so he's like, well, next year, you know, you won't be in college. Why don't you come help me, coach? Uh, so everything started in junior pro. You know, I was 19, 20 years old. For three years, I I assisted with my uncle, uh, and then they got out of it, and. And he coached in other levels as well. There was a couple of years he coached all three levels, junior pro, middle school, high school. Uh, but for the next three years, I was the head coach of the junior pro program, the 10, 11-year-old. And, and in the middle of all that, I figured out that, hey, this, I'm passionate about this. And, uh, and I look back over the course of my life and a, a lot of the things that I was successful in, it revolved around uh, teaching others. Um, you know, so I just found my passion with football and, uh, you know, wanting to teach others. And, and we were very successful in junior pro. And, you know, the history of DeKalb County, you know, hadn't always been about success as far as football goes. And my thought was, well, if we can be good here in junior pro, let's let's try to keep these kids together and let's build this thing for high school. So I decided to go back to college. I went back to MTSU, got a, a business education degree. And, um, and in my mind, I was like, hey, I want to come back and help. I want to be an assistant. I, I want to help. So I graduated in December of 04. And, you know, just some things happened. And uh, I had to apply to be a teacher and all of that, and uh, the head coaching spot was actually open, and, and I never applied to be the head coach. Uh, I, I remember it, you know, like we've talked, I was playing golf, and the central office called and said, hey, are you willing to teach algebra? I was like, well, I'll be, a, I, I'll be a janitor as long as I can get in the system, as long as I can help football, you know, get in there. You know, I just, you know, I just had a newborn, you know, so I said, yeah, I need a job. So they said, well, come back up the next day. We'll, uh, you know, we'll hire you to teach algebra, and uh, we'll be good to go. I was like, all right. Still, nothing was ever said about football. So I did all my paperwork to be an algebra teacher, and I'm a computer teacher, basically. And uh, after all that was done, uh, Jim McCormick was the director of schools, which he had known me since I was a little bitty. And he called me in there and congratulated me on being a, a new teacher and, and then asked, well, what about head football coach? And I said, man, I'm willing to help whoever you got. I said, so who do you got? He said, well, I hope I'm looking at him. And I'm like, you know, I'm 26 years old, you know, and I sit there and I'm like, hey, this is what I wanted. You know, I, I knew eventually, yes, I would love to be the head coach at DeKalb County High School. It's where I graduated uh, and all that. So I sit there for about 30 seconds and I looked at him. I said, if you're willing to give it to a 26-year-old who only has six years of coaching 10-year-olds, I said, you do it. I said, uh, with an understanding that it, it'll probably start off rough, 
But the one thing I'll promise you is nobody will outwork us. And uh, he said, well, congratulations, you're the head coach. <laughs> so that's how it all started. You know, so the joke is my career started as a water boy, and it's, it's evolved to this. So if you count – if you count the junior pro six years, the 17 years at high school, all the years that I played for junior pro middle school, you know, I'm 43 years old right now, and there's only been six years of my entire life that have not been a part of DeKalb County football. So, and I've told everybody, I'll coach here for 30 years or I'll coach nowhere. Outstanding. Coach, going back to that first season, making that transition, because you'd had so much success with junior pro. Yeah. What was the biggest thing you felt like you had to adjust to moving up to the high yeah. school level like that? Man, I didn't have a clue. You know, the other kicker to that was I got the job July the 28th, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like two and a half weeks or something other until you got a, the first game. So that first year I coached a high school football program the same way I coached 10-year-old junior pro. And, I mean, and uh, you know, they were running wing T, had been running wing T for years. That wasn't my forte. So, you know, we come in right there on the first day. I've got like 24 kids, you know, if that. And there had been some that had quit and got kicked off. And I was like, well, you know, we're going to start from scratch. So y'all get a hold of these guys. If they want a chance, they need to come talk to me. And, and I pulled kind of like a Coach Carter thing. So they had to run like miles and miles to get back on the team. And, and, and they did. But And we started everything with three expectations. And we still have those today. They're still hanging in there. And that's basically, you know, just great choices, great effort, and golden rule. That was the first three things that we established and didn't even have rules. Mm-hmm. I was like, guys, if we do these three things, we don't even need rules. So now we've got we – don't, we still don't have rules. We have standards. You know, I tell them all the time, rules are made to be broken. Standards are made to be upheld. But everything is branched from that. And then Tiger Pride evolved. Uh, you know, and that's just taking pride in everything, and that's all about people. But, you know, that first year, uh, I can remember trading film with some coaches, and they're like, yeah, we're – you know, we run a, a four-man front with a three in a shade, and me and Coach Webb got in the truck, like, what's a three in a shade? <laughs> you know, so it's just, you know, you know, we knew how to work hard. Right. We knew how to make our kids work hard, and we had a better team than what we showed those first couple of years, but the coaches wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just flat out. But the promise I made was nobody will outwork us. And so we, we established a work ethic. We established how we wanted to do things. And we got busy getting better as coaches, and, and we're still doing that to this day. Oh, well, uh, what are some of the – I mean, you've been here, you know, pretty much your, your entire career for sure. Yes. But uh, you're, you're, you're from here. Um, what are some of the challenges of a rural program that you see that uh, versus some of the programs that maybe like Cookville or, mm-hmm. or closer into Hendersonville and, and – Murfreesboro. Well, especially a trend these last few years, you know, and everybody in our district, we, we talk and kind of hear it's just numbers. You know, we only had 22 guys out for spring ball. Um, you know, we had a very good spring, you know, but uh, right now when we get our eighth graders, we think we'll have about 50 to 52. So, uh, and, and that's fine. You know, it used to bother me. I'm like, man, I want numbers. I want numbers. It looks good. But really, we want guys that want to be there and want to work. So if that's 20, 30, 50, 80, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, I kind of like the small-town football. I mean, that, that's where I've been. It's really all I know. Uh, you know, outside looking in on these bigger programs and things like that, uh, it still comes down to 11 guys knowing what to do. Um, you know, so we've played bigger teams. We've been successful against bigger teams. But, you know, I would say numbers. Uh, I would also say there may be more stress and more headache the bigger the program may be. Uh, but in my eyes, like I said, the Cab County sits on a pedestal when it comes to me. I was the kid in high school that – had my, my room painted black and gold. Um, you know, and, I, and like I said, I, I'll coach here or I'll coach nowhere. So, 
How difficult is it nowadays, especially in light of all the spotlight that's been put on safety in football? Yeah. I know there's been a lot of rules changes, but is it more difficult now to get kids to come out and play football than maybe when you started? Yeah, you know, I believe so. I mean, the whole – I guess you can say the culture or the view of, you know, football and then, you know, all the CTE stuff that's come out. And they're all valid points. Right. You know, but still football and any sport for that matter, I mean, I, I think it's just a metaphor for life. I mean, a lot of coaches say that. It's coach speak, whatever it is, but I truly believe it. You know, we've got a thing in our parent orientation from John Harbaugh talking about why football matters. And, you know, the struggles that you go through in football, we, we talk to our guys all the time about how can we know success if we don't know struggle. How can we know success if we don't know failure? And that's, that's what our winter program's about. You know, it's pushing these guys, you know, trying to help them develop a work ethic. It's not like it was, I guess, 20, 30 years ago where, you know, all these kids were farmers and they love playing football to get out of the field. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't love getting out of their bedroom from the PlayStation to come play football. You know, I, I was in the bank this week and some of the tellers was like, oh, I just feel so sorry for those guys. And I'm like, well, we don't. You know, yeah. <laughs> and we tell them they don't have to, they get to. You know, yeah. so it's all about a mindset and then trying to build an environment and culture to, to where their parents know that they're loved. And, I mean, I, everything starts with that, you know, where they're loved. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be pushed. You're going to be held accountable. And those things don't always happen in every part of their life. You know, maybe not at home or, or whatever it may be, but that's what they're going to get when they come there. And, you know, we've seen some kids that may be rough around the edges that buy into it, and, and, it, and it works out for them. And then some is – and I tell them up front, you know, if, if you can't be all in, me and you won't get along. Right. Uh, and we'll be friends when you're not a football player. You know, so that's just part of it. Uh, it may sound rough on the outside, but, you know, that, that's what we're going to hang our hat on, at least here. Now, you, you talk about uh, numbers being an issue, and, and uh, you also talk about the quality of, of staffing uh, and coaching. Uh, do you have difficulty with uh, getting assistant coaches and – Things of that nature. I, I've, I've been blessed with all the assistant coaches that I've had. This will be my 18th year, and every year I've had posted for assistant coaches. Right now I have three coaches, and will that change? I, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, we had six coaches last year. You know, some of those have, are just not coaching anymore. Some of them took a job somewhere else, and we're working on hopefully getting some more in there. So anybody seeing this wants to coach some football, I mean, <laughs> we need it. But, again, I, I look on TSSAA, it's every county around us. It's not just one coach. It's two and three and, and four and then, you know, even teaching jobs now. There's not a whole lot. I, I think somebody told me there was, what, less than 20 teacher people that graduated from tech or whatever. So, wow. I mean, even the profession itself and then, uh, you know, like I said, the uncle that got me into this, he coached with me for years, you know, at high school and loving to death. And he still sits in the booth with us on Friday night. He's not a full-time coach anymore, but he still knows what we look at and how we talk it. And, and he did it for years. So, I mean, he still sits up there. But, now we're looking for coaches. And it's something that I've looked for every year I've been here. There's only been two years out of the 17 that I've had the exact same staff back-to-back. There have always been one change here, there, and the other. And I've talked to a lot. I said, on the outside looking in, it may look like, oh, man, that DeKalb County must be awful. And it can't keep coaches. But, you know, some of those years it was like bringing players back that just graduated to coach with us. But then life happened, so they've got to go do sure. that. So, again, even for my assistant coaches, I love them to death. It's, it's still about creating an environment to where, you know, we tell everybody, hey, we're never going to say that football is the number one thing in life. But it is a priority. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, we're looking, and it is, has been a challenge. Coach Trapp, I want to go back to the 2008 season. Mm -hmm. That's your fourth season as head coach of the program. And you turn a corner, so to speak. Those first three years, 
definitely were rough. Yeah. But that fourth season, 2008, you had some uh, some really great talent on that team. Yeah. What changed in 2008? You know, we were three and 27 going into that <laughs> year. But really, what that was, and for so many years, that first year, that group of freshmen were seniors in 08, mm-hmm. and it was a group of kids that I'd coached in junior pro and. For a lot of years after that, it was a lot of kids that I had coached in junior pro and, and things like that. But that that group of seniors right there, I mean, you know, athletically, it, it's not the top bunch that we've ever had here. But as far as being all in, uh, being together, being bought in, and, and I said a few moments ago, how can you know success if you don't know failure? Well, they had had their faces beat in for three years. I mean, because in 05 – Half the season, those guys were playing JV games and on Friday night. And I got halfway through it. I'm like, this is stupid. I can't have these guys doing that. But I only had, you know, 30 guys. and yeah. But we were playing JV games with them. And then they were all my starters. Wow. Uh, but I can remember that group of kids, that, that offseason, their junior year offseason going into senior year. I mean, they pulled me into their little meeting. It's like, Coach, we're not losing next year. It's not going to be the same, and they worked. I mean, it was like week A, hey, coach. Can we get in the weight room, coach? Can we do this, coach? I'm like, yeah, let's go. Uh, you know, so they bought in. They they made a pact amongst themselves that hey, it's going to be different. And I can remember after the spring scrimmage, we actually scrimmaged Shebbeville that year, and uh, you know they got off the bus, and I'm just like, man, what have I done? <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, you know, and we end up beating them like 47 to seven. And I remember looking at Kevin Young, my defense coordinator at the time. I said, are we that good? You know, are we that good? I said, because we haven't been, but I don't know what good is. (laughs) Right. You know, and then we had another scrimmage that spring, and and I can't remember, but, and I'm like, man. And then the fall scrimmages, we scrimmaged Tyner, which they was ranked number two in 2A at that time, and we beat them 40 to nothing. I'm just like, are we that good? Mm -hmm. And then the first game of that year, I mean, we beat Warren County for the first time, and it was just, it was electric, and it just, it just kept going, and. We were competitive in every game, won the first playoff game ever in McMinn Central. And, but it was just those group of guys coming together and just saying, hey, we're not going to be bad this year. Right. Coach, to follow up about four years later in 2012, and we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary yes. of the team that I think a lot of people would consider the best in the history of DeKalb County football. Uh, a great team, I think, 10-2 and two maybe to finish mm-hmm. the season. Just a fantastic team. What are some of your recollections from that 2012 team and season? Well, you know, I talk about that 08 senior group maybe not being the most athletic bunch, but, you know, together that 2012 bunch had the athleticism plus that. Right. Which th- when they were sophomores, a lot, you know, Lucas Phillips, Will Molander, you know, a lot of those guys – they were forced into out there on that field in 2010 is the last time we did make the playoffs, and we were three and seven. But it was that group of kids, a bunch of young guys that, you know, hey, we're going to put you out there. They sort of did the same thing, you know, in that offseason. And that group of kids, if you go back and look at the time frame and all the sports at DeKalb County, that group ruled the roost in basketball and baseball. We were good at everything, yeah. and it was that group. But they said the same thing. They're like, hey, we're, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. And – you know, we had 107 players in January that year. They, wow. They got That's every wild. one of their buddies to come out. There. That's how important it was to them. That's when Tiger Pride really erupted. Yeah. And they bought all into it, but they had guys coming out. Now, we finished the season with 72 guys, but, uh, you know, it was just magical. Uh, you know, it was fun. We, we had definitely learned and grew as coaches. Uh, you know, so all of that was good. You know, the legacy of Hunter Poteet kind of – trickled down to Lucas Phillips, right? you know, because he come in and was playing quarterback. And you, you just talk about a competitive bunch. You know, there were times we had to pull them apart. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, chill out. You know, yeah. we're, we're good. But it was 
that was such a fun year. Uh, and just those guys, it was the 50th year of football. I mean, it was just so magical. Uh, the 500th game in program history, just so many things seemed like it all come to fruition right there. But it was Livingston. Yeah. They, they beat us twice, you know, so. Talking about rivalries, and Livingston obviously is one. Folks consider Cannon County to be one. Who, who's the biggest rivalry for DeKalb County these days, you think? Uh, right now at this point, you know, Macon County and us has played consecutively since 1991, I think. Yep. So that's the longest consecutive. We went back and forth this last decade. So that, you know, they beat us three years in a row. We beat them, and it's been back and forth. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, Upperman, I think that's everybody's rival right now because they're kindly at the top of the bar. And, you know, we went back and forth with them, too. Livingston's always going to be a rival. That's what, for me in school, it's like, uh, Livingston, yep. you know. And then they had their way with us there for a lot. And then, you know, uh, we finally beat them there, and then they got us. You know, we've beat them the last two years. But I'd say those programs right there just because of the longevity of how long we've been playing each other and then how equal it is between the records. You know, us in Cannon County, I think outside the fence, it's a bigger rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they've only beat us two or three times, you know. So that's no disrespect to them. But that's just, you know, a true rivalry is when it is. It does go back and forth and, and stuff like that. So, you know, definitely Upperman, Livingston, Macon County, I'd, I'd put them up there. Um, Coach? Let's just go back a couple of years. Uh, you were talking about uh, the rivalry with uh, with Macon County, and uh, you know, back in 2020, uh, you, you and uh, uh, DeKalb County and Macon County uh, faced off for base for essentially the region there in Lafayette. Uh, you know, that was a big moment for your program. It definitely was. It was a a, a great game. Uh, I remember you guys were there. Y'all filmed it and all that stuff, but just. You know, and then the roles kind of flipped this year, almost identical. But, yeah, 40 seconds left to go in the game. You know, we drive down, get a touchdown to ultimately win the game and, and kind of solidify the, our first region or district region championship ever for the Cab County High School football. So it's very magical, I mean, because coming into every year we set goals, and the first goal is always to win the region, all right, win the region. And it had never been done, you know. So to be able to do that for the first time, you know, 2020, as wild as that year was with, with COVID and everything else and just – you know, going home every night hoping your phone didn't ring, letting you know, okay, uh, you can't play or, or stuff like that. It's just uh, – so to be able to do that in those situations, uh, you know, it was just very magical, just super proud of those guys. It was – again, everything went in four-year increments. You know, 8, 12, 16 was a good group with Jennings and all that, and then 20 uh, with Axel Aldino and Desmond Oaks and those guys. But it, it all kind of happened the same. They all got put in there as sophomores, as young guys, you know, didn't really excel or, you know, but – went through those bad times, you know, those rough right. seasons. We had a three and seven, two, three and seven years there, still was fortunate enough to go to the playoff. But, again, they just solidified, you know, become upperclassmen and just knew what it took uh, to be champions. And those guys stepped up and played some good football for us. What, did, uh, what does a win like that do for a community like Smithville? Oh, man, well, I, I've told them that when we do it right, you know, any of our sports programs, when we do it right in a small town, it's magical. I mean, you know, I tell them all the time when I go out to eat and my bill's already paid for when I get up to leave, I said, y'all have done something great. It, it, <laughs> it's not because of me. Nothing has ever been achieved because of me. Uh, you know, I tell them all the time, you know, y- y'all are at the top of this thing. We're at the bottom just giving you direction. And he was like, you know, if you could pick any vehicle you wanted to drive and you've got the keys, then that's how we want you to treat this, you know, so – you can even drive a Ford Pinto or you can drive that Fiari. But, you know, so make those type of decisions. We'll give you the path. But this community is awesome. I, I mean, just the things that we've been able to do, 
you know, with our facilities and, and things like that and just uh, getting buses for us or feeding us or whatever it may be. I mean, all we have to do is ask, and, and they'll find a way. And it's not just with football. It's, it's with our entire school system. Well, talking about facilities, I hear you have a, a, a new addition uh, going into your football. Uh, definitely, and that's another one of those things that, you know, we just want to say thank you to our community for because, you know, our, our school is great, uh, but it's hard to throw money at everything that needs money at, you know, so our community helps us out a lot, and it's fully funded by, you know, sponsorships in our community. But, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully here within the next week or so we'll get construction up, but we're going to be getting a jumbotron or, or video board, as they're called now. It's, it's going to be incorporated with our scoreboard, which we just got it five years ago, so it was all brand new. But, uh, you know, you know, been told next week we're going to be getting that thing installed. And, uh, again, it's just something to enhance the environment on Friday nights for our fans, for our community. We want to give back to them. The last thing I tell our guys before we go in to get dressed is, you know, make sure we do what we do to impact every eye that's here tonight. That's where everything starts with us. We don't talk to them about winning and losing, but just simply do what you do to impact people, and that's with football, with your homework, your job, whatever it may be, and that's how we can give back to them, and I want to believe that's why they're so generous to us also. Coach, as we embark on 2022, you just wrapped up spring practice, and looking ahead, we hope and pray that for the first time in a couple of years we don't have to hear COVID mm-hmm. to start the season. I know even the start of last year was a bit yeah. of an issue for a lot of teams. Looking ahead to this year, you broke in a new quarterback last year, but you've got some linemen to replace. And how do you replace an Isaac Knowles? That's going to be a tough task as well. Uh, definitely. And then we've, we've had a handful of guys throughout the years. People's asked, well, how do you replace them? You know, Hunter Poteet, Abram Edwards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you don't. You know, you know, you just hope and pray that you've got kids that seen them, that they've been impacted. And, and Hunter, I've had, you know, Steve, man, I come and watch Hunter play every Friday. Yeah. You know, I've had so many kids say that, and we tell our guys that. You know, you don't know how much you impact once you're gone, the future of what we have here. So, uh, but, you know, yeah, we started the sophomore quarterback, Briss Trap, last year, and uh, he looked really good this spring. He had a, a world of injuries leading up to last year and just super proud of how he handled everything. And it's still – creeped up on him a little bit there in the season that's where we found out Isaac he's a pretty good threat wherever we put him but, right you know it was funny I, I come to work last week and there was a picture on my desk and it was Isaac coming to a junior pro camp and he had won a certificate for best defensive lineman wow and uh, I sent him a text back I said who would have thought the best defensive lineman in junior pro would be one of the best all-around players ever at DeKalb County High School yeah and I put a little winky emoji and then text him back and said, well, I had a hunch, you know. <laughs> He's, and, and the thing is about last year's senior group, you know, I had a son that was a senior. You know, I coached with those guys or against those guys in T-ball. And, and all, so I've seen them grow up, upward basketball. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. And I always had to coach against Isaac. And, and man, it was just – it was fun watching him play. But I'm like, man – I finally get to coach him when he's a freshman. I remember the first conversation we had. He said, I want to be a college football player. I said, well, I think you can do it. Yeah. You know, so we had that, and now he is. He's going to be at Tech. But, you know, we've got a lot of our skill positions back. We're not going to replace Isaac. But, you know, those guys that are coming back, they've got to, you know, they've got to step up their game. And, you know, collectively together, they should be able to produce what Isaac did. You know, Briz is healthy right now, you know, and he's a big factor. He looked really good in our spring game. But, you know, our bell cow right now is going to be Kobe Barnes. You know, he's a four-year starter at running back. Half a year at freshman, he, he missed half the season with an injury. But, um, you know, I, I think he averaged probably 15, 20 yards a carry the other night in the spring scrimmage. And the last two years, he's swapped in and out offensive series just to keep him fresh because right. he's a defensive end starter too. And uh, I said, this year that's not going to happen. When you need to come out, let me know, and then I'll see if I need to get you out or not. But, 
you know, so if he don't run the ball 20 times a game, I, I need to be fired. You know, that's, that's just like last year. If Isaac Knowles didn't touch it 15 times a game, I need to be fired. Right. But, um, you know, and we do have three of our offensive linemen back with some size. You know, we got Will Ferris at left tackle, Shady Rankhorn. He played all five spots. He's a senior. Uh, he looks the part, you know, 6'5", 320. Uh, Ian Jones at center. So we do need to find two guards, uh, and that's what we'll be working really hard on in June. Uh, got some really good prospects after spring. But, you know, we had all of our skill guys there, but we knew, uh, you know, defense looked really good in the spring. So I really love what Coach Shaw's doing there. And, you know, we've got a senior group and a junior group that's that's pretty much stayed together their entire career. A lot wow. of those guys that were playing together in junior pro are still here. They, they've, they've stayed the course. Uh, so we're really excited what this team could possibly do this year for us. Yeah, you, you talk about your defense. It's going to be really interesting to see what your defensive backfield is like, yeah. losing a couple of leaders back there. Definitely. That, that's where we're probably hardest hit on the defensive side. We did lose our, you know, our middle linebacker, Isaiah Harrington, which did a lot for us. But, you know, we feel really good what we got inside. But, you know, John Ellis is really our lone returning secondary guy, and he played corner, but we're moving him to where Isaac played last year. He's, he's kind of that type of kid. And, uh, but I tell you what, we, you know, we only had two corners and two safeties in the spring. But those guys got a lot of reps, and they did a really good job. Like I said, we had, I think, three interceptions and a fumble recovery and uh, you know, in the spring. So those guys, they, they really did a good job for us. We've got some sophomore guys that were in other sports for spring that's really going to come in, and we want them to push and compete to start. But it's really going to help with our depth and our competitiveness during practice also. Yeah, I was wondering if there were some of those that may have been at track yeah. that weren't at the uh, – that weren't at the scrimmage the other uh, we night. Def, we had, uh, you know, five or six guys at, ba- uh, at baseball. Uh, like I said, most of them are sophomores. Now, Ian Jones, he, he'll be a senior. But the other guys, like I said, they'll be sophomores. And uh, we had a couple kids playing soccer and one guy running track. And, uh, you know, all those guys, like I said, they, they can play some football. So, like I said, they should compete and push to start, but also give us hopefully some good depth and then be ready to step in when their number's called. Yeah, you, it's funny. You, you mentioned depth, and that was one of the places mm-hmm. I was going to go. Uh, you know, when you when you talk about a team like Upperman yeah. or, or, you know, some of the bigger teams, yeah. is that what you find to be the biggest difference between teams that, you know, like the Cab County and maybe some of those? It, it, it's big. I mean, really, 2012 is the one year we had where we only had two guys going both ways. Uh, you know, so we had a lot, but most of the time. and But even with Upperman, a lot of their guys are going both ways. You know, Coach Kane does a great job, and he's going to put his best guys on the field. And, we tell our guys the same way. You know, you, you only get four years to do this. I mean, so you tap out. I mean, come on, you're missing it. And we tell them if the water girl can get out there and throw a spiral, then we'll do it. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's not about who you are. It's not about what grade you're in. It's about are you all in? Are you working your hardest? Do you know what we need you to do? And then you get out there and compete, you know. So, I mean, you've seen us for a lot of years. We, we'll start freshmen. We've had freshmen quarterbacks, receivers, linemen. You know, it, it don't matter. It's about being all in and getting the job done and, uh, you know, like I said, those young guys just got to buy into the role and be ready to, to, to go when their number's called. Coach, you, you talked about Briz Trap coming back this year. Another lineage of quarterbacks in DeKalb County, going back to Hunter Poteet, yeah. and, you know, you talked about Lucas Phillips. You've had Stephen Jennings, Axel Aldino. <laughs> What's the secret, Coach? It seems like every year DeKalb County's got a, a pretty darn good quarterback back there. Uh, well, like I said a few moments ago, you know, the greatest thing, you know, Hunter was awesome. You know, great football player, but, one of, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, what makes them all different? You know, they, they was all competitors. They were all bought in. You know, they were all about humbleness. You know, and, and that's where I start with the quarterbacks because 
they have to have a servant attitude. You know, it cannot be about them. It has to be about everybody else. You know, and, and you know, so I put them, and, and that's how I see myself as the head coach too. It's, it's not me here. It's everybody else. Now, my first two years, I remember saying, you know, we used to have a bonfire, and we'd be like, what's your goals? And I can remember saying for the first two years, well, I want to be district coach of the year. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. I want, and I'm like, well, that's not ever going to happen unless those guys are right. So then right. it was about, I want you guys to do this. And I said, everything else will take care of itself. But all those guys are humble, you know, and that's what it was about. It wasn't about the yards, the stats. And, you know, some of them are on, still in the TWSAA record books to this day. But, you know, Hunter Poteet started it. Like I said, Stephen Jennings said, hey, when Hunter was quarterback, we watched every game, mm-hmm. you know, and, and – Stephen wasn't a big-time football player, you know, baseball guy right. and, and things like that. But Lucas Phillips, same way. You know, he he was there. And uh, like I said, Lucas come up. He was five foot nothing as an eighth grader coming over. I didn't think he'd ever be anything. But I'm telling you, he, he grew, but he was always competitive and he knew what he wanted yeah. uh, like that. And then Axel, you know, kind of the same way. Just, you know, he knew what had been there before him. And I do tell him, hey, you know what kind of quarterbacks have been here. Yeah. So, Yes, there's probably a little pressure there, but we tell them pressure bus pops and you're flesh and bone. Uh, Coach, let's transition a little bit of, uh, to maybe the state of uh, football. Gotcha. Uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of movement of games now to Thursday nights. Um, a lot of it is due to you know, yeah. official shortage. What do you see as the uh, – what is your thoughts on that and what do you see as the, maybe a solution? Well, I think everybody just needs to love everybody better. You know, that's that. You go to A8. My daughter plays AAU. I go sit in the stands, and it's just like, you know, man, what does it sound like on Friday nights? You know what I mean? So I, I just think everybody needs to love everybody better. Nobody's perfect, you know. But the way these officials get treated, you know, and there's a lot of great people that that does officials. You know, yeah, they make mistakes, and then there's some I guess you could call turkeys or whatever. But <laughs> I've never yelled at officials, you know, because I, I, I've never seen anybody get yelled at, and they're like, oh, let me change that call. You know, we'll talk, and, and one thing that gets me is when an official don't want to talk. You know, I, I just want to talk, but I think it comes down to that. Uh, you know, and then this new generation, you know, I don't want to knock on kids and all that kind of stuff, but, I mean, anything worth doing is worth overdoing, you know, and I, I think so much of it is, uh, you know, everything trying to happen so fast, you know, and I think that's why a lot of kids don't like football. You know, we start in January, but don't play anything that counts until August. You know, so it's not clicking a button on your phone and getting instant weather or instant football win. So you, you've got to work, you've got to grind, and that's what I love about sport. I mean, it's still, to me, I'm still a little old school. You know, you know, so it's about that process of work. And the one thing that, you know, as far as kids that play football here at DeKalb County, the, the one thing I want them to leave with is a better understanding of a work ethic. And that's the same thing I tell the kids in class. I said, if you learn what we're doing in class or memorize it, I said, that's fine. I said, I really just want you to show up know that you've got something to do, and then get it done. And it's the same thing with officiate. I, I just think we need to love each other better, uh, you know, respect those guys. You know, at our scrimmage, one of my players was saying something to the official, and I was like, that ain't how we're going to do it. I said, because we're already moving games on Thursdays because basically nobody wants to do it because probably how they're getting treated. And, you know, they don't want to get treated that way by some sure. teenager. Sure. You know, sure. so it's going to be about respect, like it or not, because they are in a position of authority. And I just think that message needs to be preached more. Uh, it needs to be modeled more by coaches, you know. So, like I said, I, I, I don't yell at them. Right. I'll let them know when I don't like what they call, but I'm not going to go crazy on them, and I let them know that I respect what they're doing, and, and, I, and I do appreciate what they're doing. Uh, probably money would help them. I guess throw money at anything, people think that it helps, but, you know, that's also the root of all evil. So it's got to come back down to, 
the joy of doing what you're doing, but then how do we treat each other as human beings? Yeah, it seems to me, I mean, I know a lot of times that uh, the responsibility of the parental behavior or the fan behavior is put on the coach, and I don't know if that's necessarily (laughs) the right place it needs to be put uh, because you are concerned with, you know, maintaining your your team, your your kids. Um, So I don't understand where uh, whether that's an, uh, a school official mm-hmm. function or or what where that would uh, where that would fall I mean <laughs> where does it start you know what I'm saying I would say right. go to church I mean that's what I would say <laughs> yeah. go to church I mean because golden rule and again that's one of our three expectations so so I tell them all that if you were the and that's what I told them I got at the scrimmage if you were the official would you like a teenager talking to you like that well no I wouldn't I say okay well you just missed our expectations so as far as the kids go that's what we're going to preach and, no, they're not perfect. They're still going to mess it up. I'm, I'll probably still have a vein pop up on my forehead every <laughs> once in a while over in a call or something like that. But, you know, all officials watching this, I love you guys, you know, and that's the thing. I'll, I'll let you know if I think it's wrong. And if I'm wrong, I want to be taught, you know, hey, what's right? Uh, you know, because, I mean, we don't know all the rules. They have new ones all the time. But then as far as people sitting in the stands, I mean, uh, yeah, last few years I, I've, I've not had an issue at all at turning around and looking at people. Just be like, are you serious? You know, so, again, we can talk about it. We have the announcements before the game and all that. But still, for me, like I said, I remember doing an interview. He was like, well, what's Tiger Pride all about? If I had to define it in one word, it's people. So, to me, it all comes back down to just loving people. Coach, this year, a milestone season. It's 60 yeah. years of Tiger football uh, for the new DeKalb County yeah. High School. When I say new, going back to 1963, obviously yeah. it's not that new. But uh, uh, 60 years of Tiger football, this is your 18th season. Mm-hmm. And uh, from somebody who's been there for, since the beginning, I don't seem possible either. But, uh, you know, how special is it to be part of a program that you grew up playing in, mm-hmm. uh, you've been part of as a coach for a long time? Just what all does that mean to you? Well, I mean, I mean it means a lot. Uh, like I said, when I got the job, and like I've said a couple of times here, I'll coach here or I'll coach nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people oh, no, you wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, and I told them the day I got the job, I plan on doing it for 30 years, but 30 seconds after 30 years, I'm gone. Yeah. You know, now, <laughs> I, I, I want to make it 30 years. I'll, I'll say that, you know, with the landscape and everything, who knows. And so it's a year-by-year deal. But I love DeKalb County. I mean, that's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, you know, I appreciate everything that everybody has ever done for all sports, you know, these kids, these parents. But uh, it just seems like yesterday it was 50 years of football, and yeah. it was so magical, you know. <laughs> so really didn't put that together until you mentioned it a few weeks ago. And I'm like, man, it's been 10 years already. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I, t- I don't know how many school, how many coaches in the state have been out of school 15 years or longer or don't know. And I don't say that to be bragging or whatever, but – you know, like I said, I've been, this will be my 18th year, and I'm only 43, so I still consider myself young. Uh, a lot of guys maybe not get their first head coaching job until they're maybe 35 or 40, but um, we'll try to make it special. I mean, we want every year to be special, but we'll, we'll try to make sure that uh, 60 years of Cap County High School football is just as special as that 50 year was. We have the owner, Jeff Cawthorn, here with us. Jeff, first of all, we just got finished eating here, and I am a rib snob. I'm a self-proclaimed rib snob. You've got some of the best ribs, hands down, that I've ever eaten. Thank you very much. I work pretty hard on them. Well, we appreciate you having us out here today. Jeff, what was the idea behind the Lipstick Pig when you decided to open this place up? Well, I had retired, and uh, I'm former law enforcement, and I've never had... uh, 
been in the food industry and my wife had mm-hmm. and we had talked about it and she had seen this little building she said that'd make a good little barbecue place yeah. so uh we came in here it had sat vacant for 11 years and we remodeled it and the way it looks with the half wood and tin and everything and that's her vision um uh, so uh how we came up with the name everybody's always asking you know and i was me and my wife, we were talking, and she said, boy, it's looking a lot better. I said, yeah, but it's just like putting lipstick on a pig, you know. <laughs> and uh, so uh, that's how we came with the name of it, and uh, we opened July the 1st of last year, and we've been rolling ever since. That is awesome. What got you interested in wanting to cook barbecue? Is it something you've always loved to do? I've always done it for family and friends over the years, for many years. I'm always the griller whenever we have a get-together or mm-hmm. something, and uh so I've always enjoyed it. We don't want to give away a whole lot of secrets, but when when you're getting your barbecue, what what are some secrets that you can share without giving away too much information? Uh, I try to get the uh, the best meat possible, the mm-hmm. best ribs yeah. uh, that I can possibly get. Uh, then I make uh, all my sauces and my rubs. So, and that's ancient Chinese secret, so. Okay, can't, can't, can't give away those secrets for sure. Also had the potato salad, and that was excellent as well. Is that homemade? It is. All right, special secret recipe there, yes, too. Yes, it is. Uh, my mother actually uh, comes here and, and makes it of the mornings. Okay. And, uh, no, she won't share her secret uh, recipe with nobody. Not even you? So, no, not even me. <laughs> not even me. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you some of the best barbecue around. Come to uh, 326 West Broad in Smithville, the Lipstick Pig. Scott, is some good eating today. Oh, it was outstanding, outstanding. I had the nachos, and uh, I tell you, amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, thank you so much. They were wonderful. Uh, I you. do have, uh, I would like to uh, bring up, tell me about this, uh, the table over here that you have at the door. That is a missing man table. Uh, it's... Uh, it's a military setting, but we here in a small town, we I've used it to stretch it out to include our uh, law enforcement, firemen, uh, ambulance personnel, all of our first responders. What that table is set up for, no one ever sits there. That is uh, for all the soldiers, men and women, all the first responders who has never made it home. And that is a table set especially for them so they know that they'll always be in our hearts. Well, amazing. I- uh, absolutely, you can tell that uh, the care in the barbecue and the care that you give for your community, you can't you can't fool that. I appreciate everything uh, that everybody has said about my barbecue uh, and the support that we've gotten. I mean, I'm just very humbled by it. Fantastic. Well, folks, again, when you're in Smithville or just make it a point to come to Smithville because I'm telling you, you're going to be in, some, in for some good barbecue. The Lipstick Pig, 326 West Broad. It's right here on the Main Strip in Smithville. Come by and see Jeff and Gina and get some good barbecue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, time to get into some interesting questions, what we call the fun round <laughs> or the fun questions. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to, you know, you, you talked about uh, – Veins popping out of foreheads and things like that. <laughs> what what are what are some of the things that uh, what what really drives you nuts and 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 uh, what does that look like? <laughs> uh, man, well, I've, I've got a couple famous sayings. I guess I, I, they probably say them all the time behind my back. But one of them, it's a water break, not a vacation. You know, so when they're taking too long. <laughs> You know, just so just hurry up and get going. You know, another pet peeve of mine. Which, again, it's all about people. So just uh, 
any kind of entitlement gets me with these guys. There, there was a time a year or so ago I almost put them back in the old field house just because I didn't think they were grateful enough for what they got. But, yeah, it's uh, – like I said, I'm a little bit old school. I'm, I may be one of those uh, stay-off-my-grass type of old men. <laughs> so. Well, we're not too far away from Center Hill Lake yeah. uh, over there. So uh, are, you, uh, are you a fishing guy or a boating guy? I had a boat a couple years ago. I sold it. Uh, just never had time to get out on it with football. Uh, as a kid growing up, me and my dad, we used to go fishing out there, night tournaments, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I love pond hopping. That's what we called it when I was a kid, just going right. to ponds, catfish, bass, whatever it may be. Uh, before I got into high school every day when I got off bus, I was going down. I was talking to one of my guys about it today because he lives out there now. But I, there was a certain bridge I'd go to and just catch bluegill until dark. And that was still back when you heard your mama hollering for you, hey, it's time to come home. So, uh, yeah, love the outdoors. I, I, I do a lot of hunting. Uh, you know, so that's why we do a, a full week at Thanksgiving now, and I love it because I'm pretty much in there daylight to dark. Except when I got to come out and eat turkey. So now, I got to tell you, hunting. I got to tell you a story about his hunting because uh, I called this guy to do an interview one morning. Yep. he's up in a tree hunting and you're doing an interview, <laughs> <laughs> scoping out deer and doing an interview at the same time. So he loves his hunting and I he do. loves his football. Uh, I vouch gets, for that. Uh, that's, it gives me time to get away. You know, that's yeah. you know, I, and I talked about you know football has a priority. So three F's we talk faith, family, football. So those are always going to come before football. But I, I do like sitting in that tree and just reflecting and, and love eating deer too so it's good to well, i mean you, you know for anybody that invests the amount of time yeah. you obviously had in the community and in in the program getting away especially being alone in the deer stand just you and uh and the deer has to be a, yeah. a, a, a draw well, it's been real fun the past couple of years because my daughter has just now gotten into it being able to take her and and watch her kill her first deer and things so it's it's been really fun so when i I'll ask her if she don't want to go, won't take her. But if she wants to go, I'll make sure we do that for her. So it, it, it's fun. Outstanding. Um, okay, so what is uh, what drives you more crazy now? Uh, missing the corner blitz, mm. miss, missing the read on the corner blitz, or Memorial Day traffic going to the lake? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well... <laughs> I always swore against going to the lake on Memorial Day. I was always that guy that, hey, I'm going on a Wednesday in the middle of the day right after football so nobody's there. Uh, so I, I don't really worry about that traffic anymore. Now I just go to the in-laws and sit around the pool. So it's definitely going to be missing that corner blitz. <laughs> well, um, let's look at, uh, you know, when you, were, when you were playing. What's your fondest memory from when you played? I, I loved football. Uh, like I said, I graduated you know, 140 pounds. You know, I went and played baseball in college, but uh, I loved football. But um, <laughs> I guess I can remember, you know, maybe my first touchdown. I was a freshman, maybe a sophomore, and we played Portland back then. But that was during their heyday, and uh, they always took it to us. And I can remember being at the end, and, you know, you remember Rocky Phillips. He was playing quarterback. Oh, yeah. But uh, it was right there at the end of the game, and we got inside the 10. And, you know, I'm playing receiver, and, and Aki throws one so hard that it hits one of their D-linemen in the helmet, bounces straight up in the air, and I catch it for a touchdown. <laughs> the funniest part is my best friend's dad had a bet that we would not score a point, so he's mad at me because he lost 20 bucks because <laughs> I think the horn may have sounded as I caught that ball. So that, that's kind of a funny moment. But, you know, I, I, I think I may have only won seven games in the four years that I played. But um, I was a freshman. I had two brothers that were seniors. That was pretty special. And, uh, but I, I loved football. Yeah. Well, in, all, in your 17 years of coaching, what are you most proud of? 
just what we've been able to accomplish, uh, what our program means. Again, it's not about me on a pedestal. It's about getting these guys. And I can remember, you know, in teaching school, you know, what's it about? Well, my joy was found watching those 10-year-olds play football, Uh, seeing them take something that they learned from me as their coach, as their teacher, then being successful, but more importantly, the feeling that come from it. So we talk all the time. Again, like I said, do what you do to impact people. When we won that playoff game in 08, to turn around and see almost all of DeKalb County coming out on that field, I mean, I've got goosebumps right now just thinking about it. So it's not about the wins. We never talk to our guys about winning and losing. We talk to them about doing what it takes to get what you want. And just the philosophy that we have and how we've done it, that's what I'm most proud about. Coach, let's talk about your kids. We had not had a chance yeah. to, and I know you mentioned them a couple of times, yeah. but uh, I know you're a proud dad, and uh, mm-hmm. just to talk a little bit about your kids. Well, just had one graduate last week. Yeah. Uh, got another one that's a freshman. My daughter's a freshman. That'll be a tough one. <laughs> uh, so, uh, But, no, when I, when I got this job, like I was telling them before you got here, I remember you doing an article about the people of the cab, and yeah. you had pictures of my daughter, and she wasn't even walking, and my son might have been three, and uh, it's hanging in my room. You know, wow. So I see that picture every day. And then just talking about how competitive the trap family was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and yes, we, we've, we've had a lot of traps coach and had a lot of traps play, but – uh, yeah, they're growing. Life happens. Uh, you know, so now we're just figuring out where he wants to go to college. All right, you're talking about the traps being competitive. <laughs> what are they most competitive at? Well, I mean, we used to get together and play badminton, and, you know, <laughs> we, we tear up some badminton. It doesn't matter what it is. We used to play volleyball, rook. Yeah. You know, me and Clarence, you know, that's my uncle that got me into it. We're rook partners. Nobody wants to play us. <laughs> so we'll play at Thanksgiving, and we don't lose. And then Christmas, we're like, man, do we have to play y'all again? So, yeah, we, we, we like being competitive, and we like – we like being on top. So, well, gentlemen, I think the food is Uh-oh. ready. So, uh, so that, must, that, that must be time to go. Right. Must, yeah. must, I'm okay with uh, that. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Absolutely, uh, Tom. Appreciate you as thank always, you. man. Good to be here. Um, you know, Coach. Nothing but uh, good luck on the season going forward. We do appreciate you taking time with us. Well, I appreciate what you guys do. You know, like I said, you've been around a long time, and when I got the job. You know, when he was around, it's media is part of building and sustaining a high school program so thank you guys for giving us coaches an opportunity to not only eat some good barbecue but <laughs> talk about our guys talk about our community and because uh, it's a big part of what we do so thank y'all yeah what's that how good is that food oh gosh this is great <laughs> those ribs are amazing <laughs> i'm telling you coach how about yours amazing loaded barbecue baked potato can't beat it all right I want nachos, man. I, I, I just couldn't turn them down. Look, they're awesome. Hey folks, we hope you enjoyed this presentation of Coaches in Q from the Lipstick Pig in Smithville. If you've been following us for the past couple of years, first off, thank you. You'd know that our annual Helmet Madness winner every spring gets a home game on our Spotlight Game of the Week schedule every fall. Well, DeKalb County won that this year, so we wanted to take a moment to officially announce the Tigers' place on our 2022 Spotlight Game of the Week schedule. It'll be on September 1st to kick off Week 3, a Thursday night clash between 
DeKalb County and Region 4 a rival Macon County. Now, I'm personally looking forward to getting back over to Smithville to see that new video board that Coach Trapp talked about in this episode and get some lipstick pick barbecue as a pregame meal, too. It's been a very close rivalry over the past few years, so it'll be a really good game to kick off our Week 3 coverage. The 2022 season is fast approaching, so make sure that you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media and keep up with everything we do on our website, 615preps.com, as we get you ready for an exciting new season of high school football in Middle Tennessee. From all of us at 615 Preps, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you real soon.